Welcome to SADCAST, the podcast for working creatives. This is episode 65. I'm your host, Pam Rooney's creative director and co-publisher of the physical magazine SADMAG. So I've been thinking a lot about happiness and living a balanced life. Sometimes it feels like you have to sacrifice balance to lead a creatively fulfilling life. But that can't be true for everyone, right? I mean, why isn't it ever enough for me to feel fulfilled with doing less? And I've stumbled upon another internet diagnosis that I think applies to me. ADHD paired with perfectionism. Feels like it fits. So there are a lot of points that rang true when I was reading about it, but this one especially. So perfectionist behavior can force someone with ADHD to feel the need to make up for lost time that occurs when they lose focus on a task. And that that's definitely true. Like I I bounce around from project to project and then I like go nuts on the thing that I've been procrastinating finishing when I'm like at the brink of it being due. But that could just be a creative thing. I don't know. We're going to talk more about this next month when I bring on a special guest who has done more than a cursory Google on the human psyche. So stay tuned for that. Okay, I just want to say a belated thank you to everyone who came out to the Green Issue launch party in December. That was incredible, and I was so happy to see so many people having fun. And if you wanted a sweatshirt or an issue and didn't get one, fear not. They're up online at sadmag.ca now. So go get those. Um, See us next at Sad Comedy. It's happening as a part of JFL this year, which means we're super legit now. It's February 15th at the Redgate Review Stage, which is not the Redgate on Maine. It's the Redgate on Granville Island. Same peeps, just their theater space. Um, Tickets are $10 in advance. Go to sadmag.ca slash events for more details. So, my guest today is the legendary Jeff Hamada. When I first met Jeff, like 10 years ago, I was so nervous. I said, hi, my name is Jeff like a complete tool but he never forgot me after that so maybe it's a strategy uh jeff is the curator of one of the biggest and best art blogs boom and runs everyone's favorite animal instagram account chill wildlife i mean what can't he do anyway here's my chat with jeff oh my god are people sending you like gifts or like just like like zines or like yeah a lot of zines a lot of art like they try to send like rolled stuff, and I've had some really cool stuff sent. One of the one of my favorite things actually was uh, this artist named Brecht Vandenbroek. I don't I don't know mm. if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. he actually hand painted this like big cardboard envelope that had a book in it. But actually, the envelope was like oh super one special. of the coolest because it was like a custom. He just painted this whole painting on the outside of the envelope. So I kind of want to frame just the envelope yeah, <laughs> yeah like that's sweet stuff like that's I, f- I find is cool but like if people send you a rolled piece is the expectation to send it back or is it yours no yeah it's it's for, it's just it's for, for you me to keep. are they like portraits of you like like celebrities <laughs> no get? no but I had an idea actually to I wanted to do this art project on Twitter where because uh, I like trying to figure out ways to use different things for not their intended purpose. Yeah. So I wanted to do these, like, kind of art bomb. Well, maybe art bomb's not a good word. It kind of seems negative. But to, like, have everyone, say, draw a picture of Shaquille O'Neal or something like that. Yeah, and yeah, then and see everyone, the Well, no, like, everyone kind of tweet that 
get art gift to him at the same time just to see like a like person. a flash mob for one person yeah yeah, yeah. to I get like overwhelmed it. with like art sent to them and i still might do it um would it be Shaq or i don't know i just randomly said that now but i think it'd be funny to pick someone that's like <laughs> not, not the art yeah ones. totally yeah. yeah yeah and and maybe just see if like because i think they could they couldn't really deny mentioning it if like several hundred people are all just randomly sending them these like yeah. <laughs> drawings of them and stuff it is sort of funny like to affect uh, a celebrity in a way i'm sure you've had some celebrity encounters no yeah i've met i met a i met some famous people i find like i was always apprehensive to meet certain people who i whose work i really like yeah when i was and i was worried that maybe they're gonna be you know, not that nice, and yeah. it'd be harder to look like their work after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, like, a lot of really talented, prominent artists actually are some of the most, like, nice, genuinely nice people. I uh, think it's... Few. <laughs> yeah, like, at least, and I'm only speaking mainly from experiences being at these, like, arts festivals. My friends organized one in Hawaii, and that was sort of... Oh, yeah, powwow, yeah? Yeah, and yeah, it was a nice yeah. way to meet a lot of these really big artists, but in a in a setting where everyone's just, like, really relaxed. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, what really goes on in, at those powwow things? It's changing a lot. It's changed since the first year. Like, the first year, we all lived in one house together. Our oh, friends' boy. parents had this beautiful house on the North Shore of Oahu. Nice. And I think maybe 15 or 20 people stayed in this house, and there was maybe less than 10 artists. And we would sleep on, you know, mattresses on the floor yeah, and yeah. cook meals together and then drive into the city together. And the first year, there wasn't even murals. There was, like, a loft space with okay. big canvases and then people painted nice. uh, every day. And then we drive back to this house on the North Shore. And um, it was a, it was annoying having to ride in the van all the time, back and forth from the North Shore back to the right. city. But it was really cool because you got to become you know friends with these people they weren't like all going to their different hotels yeah and, um and then over the years it got more and more popular that you know they have to, out of necessity they have to book like different hotels for people and mm-hmm. uh there's bigger and bigger artists involved so you're not as close with everyone but actually the last um trip i went on was like powell in uh, japan yeah and we did sort of like a little road trip out there and it was more the vibe of the first year where there's yeah. only a few artists and we stayed for part of the trip in like a temple, what? and like a yeah, cool. it was it was really, and we we all slept in like one giant room. That's so, kind of fun. Yeah, it was. It's I'm sure like not every artist in the world would be down for that scenario where you're like sharing mm-hmm. your sleep, you know, you're sharing such close quarters with people. But I think most people that were actually everyone on the trip, the organizers were really good friends with. So, so I think I, like I personally prefer that kind of trip where. I think that's even why I started my site was to become friends with people and to actually get to talk and share ideas. Yeah. And I, the art I love too, but I think it's mostly about the getting to know people. Yeah. When you started, uh, okay, how long ago was that? That was like... Ten years yeah, ago. Yeah, ten years ago. Yeah, it's that's crazy. crazy. That's <laughs> yeah. bananas. And I mean, art blogs, there have been a hundred million since, but like you're one of the first like really big ones. Yeah, like I definitely there was already sites that existed. Like Fecal Face was a huge inspiration for me. Booster Collective. There's different websites I looked at. A site called Design is Kinky. There's there's ones that were huge inspirations for me. There wasn't one in Canada, and there even after I started, there wasn't really 
um, I guess like too many sites at once sort of the trajectory that I did. Like I was, I didn't even know blogging was a thing. And then kind of like over the course of a year, I was like, I love doing this. I want to see if I can, you know, turn this into what I just spent all my time doing. Mm -hmm. And so there was, even now there's very few websites. There's a website called Colossal, my friend Chris runs, and I only met him because we were both doing similar things. Yeah. But it's rare to find uh, a blog that's run primarily by one person or was for many years yeah. and where it's sort of like one person's sole uh, vision. vision for yeah. yeah. But now you have staff now, though, correct? Yeah. There's uh, uh, Levi's, my partner on the site. My sister does writing for us. We actually have a bunch of people that freelance different jobs, but how, how the team is pretty it? small. How do you keep it like your vision still? Uh, I think part, partly it's intentional because I just don't want to spend all my time managing a lot of people. I really enjoy, you know, working in Photoshop, designing things mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. Um, you know, curating an art show or uh, I'm not necessarily like a writer, but I, I do enjoy just communicating ideas. And so that I guess like part of it is just my own selfish desire to be able to get to do all those things mm-hmm. and but it I mean it's not scalable for all of it to remain where I'm we're all doing multiple jobs yeah so at a certain point you sort of have to let I'm sure it's similar with sad mag it's mm-hmm. like certain things you just can't do yeah um but yeah I just like having it be really only as big as it needs to be mm-hmm. um there's definitely been opportunities where um people want to partner or inject money into it or do whatever and try to grow it really fast mm-hmm. and uh, I just sort of I didn't see I mean from a money standpoint it might make you a ton more money uh, in terms of gross but then if you net the same amount then it, it doesn't, doesn't really matter so like I don't need the site to be 10 times as big yeah where I'm making the same amount of money and I'm not getting to do the stuff that I love to yeah. do as much so it, it's kind of um, it's been a little bit just a choice to like keep it a kind of tight crew that's working on it. Yeah. Um, over the next year or so, though, I'm sure we'll have to bring on a couple of people just because of the different things we want to do. And yeah, like you've expanded. You've got Boom TV. Yeah. You've got, well, you're doing these art. I don't know if you're going to do more of these art books or... Yeah, it's it's kind of going in a lot of different directions. The, the, the zines we printed with Hemlock, um, I just reached out to them after. I, I'd seen their so many of their books over the years and for whatever reason had never reached out to them mm-hmm. and I remember being in I was part one of the artists in the cheaper show a long time ago mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. that was like 10 years ago yeah and uh, they had done these beautiful Hemlock had printed these beautiful catalogs for the show and so I just hit them up and I was like hey I remember a long time ago I was actually in this you know, mm-hmm. beautiful art catalog you guys put together and uh, I would love to just see if you guys are still down to support, like, arts. Yeah, and yeah. And we just want to make these zines where we'd give, like, half the run to the person whose work we're featuring. Yeah. And they were super supportive. So it was it was cool uh, to just, like, have an idea and just be like, hey, who might be able to be the other puzzle piece to sort of make this thing happen? Yeah. And we sort of approach all things like that. Like, if there's... Uh, try to dream really big without figuring out how to do it first. I think that, that's like a huge yeah. obstacle sometimes. Sometimes you can uh, worry too much about how you're actually going to do it, and then you kind of erase dreams that you Oh, totally. Had, or... I'm a measure-never person. Yeah. I'm like, cut a thousand million times, for better or worse. I mean, 
Sometimes that's not a <laughs> yeah. good thing. Yeah. But it does get you there because you're doing it. You've already started. You're doing it. You yeah, know? that's. I think that's that's the best advice probably. Like I think, um, yeah, you can easily find a million reasons not to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you find time like to fulfill your own creative practice? Like you're focusing a lot, obviously, on cur- curation and finding other amazing people. But do you ever feel like you need to do more of your own personal art? Yeah, I think like that. Uh, I think about that a lot. Just I think two things have sort of happened. Where one, where I my interests keep changing. So uh, a part of what I've sort of done as a cycle has been. Uh, have a have what I consider my day job and then my passion is this thing that I just do for fun mm-hmm. but then what ends up happening to me is I slowly end up turning the thing that I do as my passion into my job and then I find a new passion and then that thing's now my day job in a way so like yeah. uh, with the website I was doing uh, graphic design work as a freelance like that was my quote unquote day job mm-hmm. and then boom was my passion and it still is, but now it's sort of become, well, actually not sort of become, it is my, my full-time job. And um, I guess, like, my passions or my, how I view my own art practice has changed. Like, I used to think of, like, um, I used to do these, like, text-based drawings, and that was what I saw as my own personal work. And then what I was doing with the site was just like, oh, that's just blogging or that's whatever. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm sort of seeing that actually connecting people or coming up with, like, projects for um, just any sort of collaboration actually is my art practice in a way. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been really fulfilling. Or I just started to see it kind of differently and and not feeling like, oh, like, I'm missing out on doing this other stuff because when I actually thought about what I wanted to do in my own time Mm -hmm. outside the site... It was all ideas that were stuff that would fit with Boom anyways. Yeah. So, um, but having said that, I still want to do, I think, some more film-related stuff. I studied film at Emily Carr, and I kind of took this really roundabout route to, like, getting to do some film. Um, Out of school, like, I actually left, and I went to work at Electronic Arts Mm -hmm. making video games. Mm And I remember the story you told. Yeah. So I don't want to tell this whole class. story. But, no, no, no. But I think it's yeah. it's just a weird thing of where I actually did want to pursue film. But I think I'm very pragmatic in terms of I just see an opportunity. I'm like, even though this is not exactly uh, what I thought I wanted to do as my next step, it's there's do it so many while. more like um, people that are doing stuff that I don't know anything about. And they're the best at the thing mm-hmm. and I'd, I I want to just go learn from them whatever they know Yeah, and maybe that's I don't even know if that is pragmatic if it's like so like kind of this really well, roundabout you're just fa- getting, following but, your heart kind of <laughs> yeah and I think I'm just really excited about new things and new learning and it's actually yeah a lesson for me or something that I got to do more of is like learning how to do the same thing again Mm. And that's harder for me, like, to keep something going for 10 years. I'm like, wow, I can't believe I even did it for three or four years. Do you think because, like, the content's shifting all the time, so at least that keeps it interesting? Yeah, but I think, like, that only goes uh, so far because I think a decade is, like, long enough to see some sort of cycles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So you could feel, like, even if you saw a lot of stuff, you could still feel tired, you know, at the end. But I think, like... 
every day I can sort of make up what I'm spending my time doing, what make up what my job mm-hmm. title is or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's sort of on me to make my own job interesting for myself every day. Yeah. So I think doing uh, things like making this book or I'm, I'm organizing an art show for March in L.A. this next year. Amazing. And uh, trying to just do things that I didn't do the year before. Yeah. Um, and the job allows me that freedom because it's like I just sort of made it up. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, well, we're all jealous, <laughs> surely. Um, so, okay, you see a ton of art, obviously, all day, every day. Uh, are are you seeing trends, and how do you like keep like it to be like mostly like unique posts and not just like kind of regurgitating the same old stuff? Because like there are cycles and things and and styles that you'll kind of see over and over how do you how do you know who's like first too like if you see a lot of the same stuff i think like i used to think more about that in terms of uh i wanted people to always have the sense that if i go to boom i'm gonna see some work by people i haven't heard of yeah and uh i used to spend a lot of time really actively seeking out work that I hadn't seen anywhere else and uh, I guess like sort of feeling like that validated what the site was and it's not that I don't do that anymore but I think what I realized was if I just sort of shift the focus as much as possible onto like young emerging artists people that are like coming out of art school there's like an endless there's wave after wave after wave of people that are going to be coming out you know coming up that you know, they don't even have a website or um, a, actually a lot of the popularity of the site early on was because people's websites were all these like really crappy flash websites that Google didn't really right. talk to properly. So they weren't really indexing on Google properly. So if I wrote about any of those people, the article on Boom was often showing first. up higher than their goodness. own websites. Oh my goodness. So it's really, um, anyway, so I guess... I've less been trying to figure out like what's cool or who's the next whatever and more just like how can I help this like next generation of mm-hmm. artists and and that the energy of the site sort of um, comes from there being so much really kind of uh, young talent r- right on the cusp of sort of breaking through mm-hmm. and I find like it's a riskier sort of thing to do in terms of it's easier to run a site and, and talk about like Shepard Ferry or mm-hmm. Banksy or mm-hmm. Damien Hurst or whoever uh, because people always click on that article. They know that those are, you know, yeah. artists that are like blue chip or whatever. Um, and it's harder to sort of say, I vouch for these artists even though, you know, they're just mm-hmm. starting out or they just graduated. Or, mm-hmm. um, but I think uh, that's what I'm most excited about. And these are um, – people where I can really identify with what it was like coming out of school and not having any idea what you do. Yeah. I think a lot of um, professions, like if you're uh, a doctor or a lawyer, they're very difficult, but at least you have sort of like you do this, then you do this, then you're this. And and that's sort of, I see that as like a street or like a hallway where there's a clear like I'm at this end and I walk to that other end. Mm -hmm. 
And with arts, or there's a lot of creative things where you're sort of just walking around this room, and you <laughs> which just, door? Yeah, there, or there might not even be where? a door, no. and you hear like this cool stuff happening upstairs, oh, but there's no stairs. There's no you're you're like how do I even get there? And no yeah. one's from up there is going to tell you <laughs> what yeah. they did. Or if they do, it's nothing you could do for whatever reason because it's some special circumstance. Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh, well, we did this thing, but you, you can't but do you, it. But you couldn't do that. And um, <laughs> and that's really annoying, too, when you go to, like, an artist talk or something like that where the whole reason why you're going is to sort of find out. Mm-hmm. But then what you end up being presented with is just like, here's a bunch of my work, which you've already seen on the Internet, yeah. And if you're asked, like, a direct question about, like, what's your trick for this thing, they don't tell you. And I get, like, there's a apprehension from people to, like, I guess, like, give away a secret or something, like, magic secrets revealed Everyone or something. Everyone can figure it out. Exactly. Like, there's every kid right now in high school probably knows how to do the same trick or yeah. can figure it out really quickly. So you might as well be known as someone who's, like, trying okay. to give back to the next generation or share ideas or just... Um. yeah, if you still wanted to be a selfish person, I think somehow that actually is more helpful to you personally mm-hmm. to be that person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I think it's, anyway, so a lot of what the site's um, boom sort of, uh, the intention behind it is for it to be accessible, for people to feel like they're allowed to look at it, they don't have to know, like, all this art history. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very inclusive, and... Um, it's sort of opposite in many ways to like my experience at a lot of galleries. Yeah. If I go to a contemporary, uh, not specifically a contemporary art gallery, but any gallery that's focusing on high art, let's say, it just feels uncomfortable for a lot of people because they don't feel like they can be themselves. Mm-hmm. They have to now be this other character who is a lot more quiet and doesn't say their opinion <laughs> or ask questions about what they're looking at. Mm-hmm. Or there's a lot of fun that's missing from a lot of those like art spaces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um and I get like why they exist the way they do it's just I think I'm I'm really interested in uh a lot of the audience that reads the site I think is split between being like this person that did go to art school or is in art school right now or is like a professional creative mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of other people who maybe take part in a, a project where we're like building tree forts or we're like building little boats out of mm, twigs like and they're art not... adjacent yeah exactly and yeah. i think they're they're creative but they would never label themselves an artist and there's actually way more of those people in the world that's a way bigger audience mm, and mm-hmm. a lot of my friends growing up are sort of more that audience mm. so i think i've always had sort of a, a a micro and a macro view to what i'm doing in terms of like being in the creative uh, scene and then also being able to step back out and be like, what is my group of friends? Would they come to this event? What would they think about this project? Mm, mm-hmm. And it's not like you have to always please, or at least I don't always have to please everyone, but I think it has been a really helpful thing to always try to like step in and out of stuff like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with any project, if you're like designing oh, a poster, to be sure. like, how do I see this as someone who's not me and who didn't just spend the last couple of weeks working on I it? I mean, that's the most difficult thing, especially for something you spent hours on, like designing the issues, for instance. Like, <laughs> I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> yeah. And then I, after a year, like, I like them. 
it just takes it takes me a long time to step out of it and see yeah. it like another person. Um, easier with smaller things, but the, like I feel like the longer you spend on something, the more like you're just like. Um, I want to ask you. So, if you're looking at emerging artists and some of them don't even have websites, like how are you finding these people? Uh, well, I guess a year ago, almost a year, we started a membership, and this is a huge shift for Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that has been a huge, uh, like a, just a great tool for actually finding people because they're, they're finding me. Yeah, they're finding the site and. Uh, even before we had a membership, a lot of people were just emailing, you know, hundreds a day, some days. Um, and so that's a sort of, I even curation in general, I look at as kind of backwards to, not backwards, but opposite to what it was when I started, where um, when I was, or before I started Boom, I was had a little mini blog on this website called Hypebeast. And sneaker culture back then was like, you had to like, even go to like the place just to find shoes like you had to go to japan or go to new york and Mm, you really had mm -hmm. to actively pursue finding these things Mm -hmm. and and so the the website i think started out in a similar way where i was really felt like i was trolling the depths of the internet or trying to find like these artists and really it was a lot of work just to get to these places where it's like i've never been to this part of the internet i never found this collective of artists and Nowadays, I think 10 years later, it's more like I almost have to like hold my hands up. Mm-hmm. This is not even talking about the site, but just with content in general. Mm-hmm. So much is being forced at your yeah. eyeballs and forced towards you that you you have to like take a defensive approach and only allow certain things in. Mm-hmm. And curation to me a lot, in a lot of ways, has kind of become where you're trying to only let through a a few things rather than go out and find those few things. How do you, what, like practically speaking, I mean, does that go to an actual email? Does it go to a spreadsheet? Does it, like, how do you sift through all that work in an efficient way? A lot of it, uh, well, we have, we built a whole platform for it, so ideally people are logging in, yeah, submitting, like, I think up to eight images, they can write a little description there. It's, like, all with the intent of making it a lot more streamlined for yeah. us to be able to feature them. Nice. Um, and that's helped a lot because, you know, it's just I could never use my email for her. Yeah. It's just impractical to have that much through email. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I, I think a lot of that, um, it's been cool to see the, the membership really growing fast because I think people um, are starting to understand, like, the point of it. And I think there's beyond just wanting to have a place where people can like share their art and stuff I really want to try to create opportunities for people to you know live off of the thing that they want to do or improve you know their craft and so we try to do um, inspiration trips like have these opportunities where we uh, have find a partner and just recently we we sent uh, an animator to uh, New York for a pictoplasma creative conference wow so someone from Aust- Austria got flown to New York how, do you, how did those how does that happen is it uh, you apply yeah like there's so then members just always have different things that they can apply for oh, and that's great. we want to try and work with um, powwow to be able to have like an artist or two go out there and be part of the festival and so mm-hmm. just um, trips that will actually help with like someone's creative development yeah um 
and and yeah just really working back from like what was it like when you, I came out of school what things did I wish existed mm-hmm. and not to like replace school but just figure out other ways to like add to someone's education mm-hmm. and a lot of it is just like access to people to be able to um, get information from someone who knows specifically the thing that you want to ask about so like yeah. right now we have like a little private Slack community where people just like share their work or a lot of people are just asking me for feedback and then sort of the community rules. Like if you share your work there and you ask for feedback, you try and also give feedback to someone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. to create this like, you know, um, community of like a very safe community. Mm. And so right now we're doing these in this like ask boom section of it. People can pose any questions that have to do with um, working for yourself and or uh, sort of finding a balance between your passion and your day job mm-hmm. and so you can ask any questions and then at the end of the month uh, we're going to compile them and my friend Nada is going to work on this article where oh, she's Nada take Hayek? No, her, no her, different her, Nada yeah, yeah. How many uh, are there? <laughs> I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't know who that Nada is That's actually. funny she, Yeah, she's um, been my friend for a long time she lives in LA right now and she's going to take those questions to a bunch of top creatives and pose them, uh, pose the questions to them and hopefully get some very uh, informative answers and personal sort of life experience Mm, mm -hmm. uh, things from them and and then sort of compile that into uh, a resource article so that people can really feel like, oh, the information in this article is actually specific to me because I asked the question. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes at school when you're in a class, uh, your instructor for whatever a variety of reasons might not actually know the specific question you're asking about because it might be something that just came out this week and maybe they're not knowledgeable about it mm-hmm. but we could go find the person that you know knows about that and I think um, yeah that's just another thing that I wish sort of I had more access to when I was you know 10 years ago yeah. 15 years ago yeah um, and so just identifying a lot of things like that and I think already um, the community is starting like some people have met up with each other in different cities and uh, it's been interesting just sort of looking at it from a very um, macro point of view and thinking like how do you actually uh, sort of foster a place that allows for friendships you know mm-hmm. like, to try and like uh, I don't know it's an interesting thing to just look at it and figure out like how, how can I make this space uh, one where people would naturally just start to connect with one another. Well, especially, like, with creatives, because, like, sometimes people can be weird or cagey um, or competitive in a not nice way. Um, well, in this city in particular, it's hard. It's harder to find, like, those groups of people. Like, you really got to search, especially if you're new, I find. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people in your Slack are international, right? Like, at this point, you're just – it's not, like, Vancouver at all specific, correct yeah, yeah. It's, they're they're everywhere yeah so, yeah yeah and I think like that stuff um I mean everyone it's not like the people that are part of the community or this whole other species yeah. or something they're yeah. just also regular people but I think the reputation of the site having done so many of these like community focused projects over time it sort of has attracted a certain type of person so there's not really a lot of people trolling you know like a lot of sites have that sort of problem with like comments or whatever um i think people just it's just it's probably taken a long time for it to get you know that reputation or have done so much of the same 
uh, work that it only appeals to a certain type of person that would like uh, want to like help mm-hmm. someone else mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but it definitely is a work in progress where it's like I definitely want because it's always a new generation coming who might not yeah. know this site from ten years ago or yeah. for sure wouldn't. Yeah. To have them realize, like, oh, this is, you know, the vibe of the site. Or this is what we're trying to do. How did you get it going, like, at the beginning, when no one knew what it was or even knew what blogging was? Um, Well, it was interesting because I think this is getting back to uh, what I was saying about I really enjoy, like, the communication with people even more than it being about art. Mm -hmm. So I was actually personally just looking at a lot of websites – where a lot of conversation was happening. And there was uh, this one girl named Erin. She had a, a blog called Design for Mankind. And it was, uh, I don't want to make like a generalization here, but I got the sense that it was a lot of uh, women who were maybe older than me. And they're talking a lot about crafty things. And it wasn't necessarily my whole area of interest, but I was blown away by how many people would just comment back and forth to one another on these posts that on a site that uh, wasn't doing the same amount of traffic that I was doing, but it had right. way more active discussion. Right. So I was uh, I was just really interested in that. So I, I would just like pipe in with my own comments and I started to like just engage with people in the comments and not as a way of like trying to trick them to come back to my site. No. But just I wanted like to actually just like learn there. more about this community. And and then Aaron and I actually collaborated on a project where we did this like free encouragement postcard project uh, that I actually kind of did another version of recently. Yeah, yeah. I was but this say. one was like a different version where we had people writing an anonymous message that I would actually type out in Photoshop. Every single person that emailed this uh, email address, they could send in uh, a positive encouraging message to someone and like their name and the person they're writing it to wouldn't be on it so it'd just be this anonymous message mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I typed it out into these sort of like very generic uh, little images and made this like I think 10 or 15 of these galleries of just so many of these encouraging messages and um this website at the time found was really popular. Like I was going to And so a lot of these typed out messages just started showing up on there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were sharing them. And then Aaron and I were like, oh, it'd be cool to like take these and then have artists and photographers just respond to them. And then we could turn it into postcards. So we did that as a project. And I think like, yeah, I, I, I just always, uh, I never had like a, a master plan for like the end of that project mm-hmm. even. And then it sort of just happened organically where I was like, oh, it'd be cool. I'm already doing this thing, and I really like your site. It'd be cool just to try something. And even if it's yeah. sort of like, uh, if it's like a Venn diagram of like how our websites overlap, mm-hmm. there might not be that much that's overlapping. What happened with it, Found? I'm not sure, actually. It Well, it shut down. Yeah. It's gone. I know. But why? Um, I think it's just the people don't use those image bookmarking sites same way at all anymore like I mean it was still going and there was still such a great archive of stuff I'm surprised they would just dismantle it instead of just abandon it yeah I'm not I'm not sure actually why well I mean I just even personally stopped looking at it this like as much mm-hmm. and I think maybe that just happened times a million people yeah. having a similar yeah. experience I think 
I mean, there's lots of sites. Like, why is Tumblr dead? Like, I mean, Yahoo bought it, and that sort of was a scary thing right away. But there's a variety of reasons why probably people stopped yeah. using Tumblr the same way. Yeah. Uh, that was R.I.P., <laughs> though, you know? Do you miss it? Well, I don't know. Like, yeah. Would I go to it now? I don't know. When it stopped, because it stopped a few years ago, I was surprised. I was like, oh, what? No. <laughs> How do you find art? Because, I mean, SAD works with a lot of artists. How do you find those? Yeah. Artists? I mean, we get submissions, um, which my method is they go to a um, like a Google spreadsheet. And there's like a column, like there's a thing that asks for your website, like and a write-up, but like just so can easily go, go through all of them. Though um, we get a lot, and it's a bummer, but whatever, we get a lot of international submissions, but we can't really post those because our mandate is to promote local art, hmm. local emerging artists. Like we're, we're quite focused, um, or at like the very least Canadian, or like some like connection with Vancouver. Went to school here, grew up here, whatever. Um, so often I can't use a lot of the submissions, and I'm literally just like saving stuff I see on the internet of people um, that went to, like, the program, like the CAP, the IDEA program. I'm always, like, looking at their grads because they always have great illustrators. So, I don't know. I'm just keeping my eyes open, like, all year. We only print twice a year, so it's easy to stockpile a lot of people, like, I'd want to work with. And then we have a theme, too, which also helps every issue because it's like, oh, yeah, next issue, that will work well because the theme is green, and it's like, you know, so makes it a little bit easier was it always a thing that you for sure wanted print to be the main like you wanted to be print always I mean I didn't start the magazine so um like I but I think print is what attracted me to work on it yeah having an, an actual physical thing I mean now it's like novel in a way but I like it I like it I like to kind of leave something behind maybe it's um uh, vanity. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it does make it more. It does appeal more to people to be. Like I, I'm just thinking in terms of artists, if they hear the opportunity to be like be in a book or be printed, they're just so much more excited than like on a website. <laughs> I know. It's like somehow legitimizes it, and I think that is really beautiful since a lot of the artists are so new and in some cases have never been published. So, like, that's just really great. It's like we've legitimized you now. Now that you've been published here, you may go and get another, like, gig, hopefully because of us. Yeah. I mean, that's, like, the hope <laughs> of, of what happens. Um, okay, I wanted to ask you about chill wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, why did it start? I, lo- I love that it exists but <laughs> what happened how did it start uh i can't remember the exact day but it was i remember we were i was headed to costa rica with some friends and i can't remember if i started on the trip or just before but it was just before that i had this url that was uh well it's artvandalay.com mm-hmm. and nice. artvandalay is like it's, I mean, anyone who watches Seinfeld will know that it's, like, George Costanza's, like, alter ego. Architect. And I, I randomly, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, I randomly just Google searched it one day, and the domain said, 
it was registered. And then I don't know what made me do it, but maybe a year later, I just searched it again. And I don't know how long this window was, but it was like, you can get our Vandalay right now for $20. (laughs) So I just bought it, not knowing what I would do with it. And then it made no sense to do this, but I turned that into like an animal website. So ourvandalay.com, if you go to it, is just like George Costanza wearing this big hat looking over at images of like essentially what I post on Show okay. Wildlife. Okay. And it's like a Meryl Streep sandwich, but yeah. George so, Canada. Exactly. Yeah, so got it. And it was just like a joke from my friends. I was like, oh, this is just be like a stupid website that my friends can look at and mm-hmm. make them laugh. And then kind of just out of laziness that I was like, this would be so much easier if I could just update it on Instagram uh, rather than having to do whatever I had to do for Tumblr. I guess technically it was the same amount of work if I had the Tumblr app, but I just wasn't using Tumblr anymore. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like more work. I don't know. And then I don't know why I didn't just keep the same name and do whatever because it was already its own thing. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but, yeah, I just came up with something else. I have a lot of things that I come up with that I don't turn into anything. So this just happens to be, I guess, one where... It worked out? Yeah, well, I wasn't trying to make it something that took off, but um, early on, for whatever reason, someone from Vogue magazine saw it, and they included it on a list of, like, uh, the funniest uh, Instagrams or whatever. So Hilarious. Then, like, I could see all these, like, kind of fashion stylists started following mm-hmm. it. So a lot of the following early on was fashion people for some reason that's really and funny. then like purple magazine wrote about it and all these sort of like very fashion centric things were like super on board with it and uh it's sort of yeah kind of taken on a life of its own and a lot of times even at the vancouver art book fair i was there and then a couple of the exhibitors came over and they're like hey you know we we love your instagram all this stuff and i assume that they're we're talking about a boom, but they were like no like they started talking specifically about a post on chill wildlife so like it has a way more uh, excited fan base, I think. Well, it's maybe more like accessible. <laughs> I mean, if yeah. you if you think you're not going to get art or whatever, but animals, everyone gets animals. I I love it, and it's, that's sort of that's like the thing that I'm uh, doing. Just as it just makes me, it's the one part of Instagram that I enjoy. Like, as I hate so much of Instagram, mm-hmm. I hate so much of social media in general. Mm-hmm. A lot of the social media aspect to my life would be gone the minute that I didn't have to have any sort of business or anything mm-hmm. that required it in a way yeah. or somehow validated it. Yeah. But just taking a dumb image of like an animal and putting it somewhere where other people can like laugh about it is I think one of the most pure things it that is I very pure. <laughs> spend my time doing and I find it like just it's just really relaxing and fun to do it But I and I'm excited that like uh, so many people actually kind of use it as a form of communication. I see people who maybe are like on the rocks with uh, someone in a relationship and they almost use it as a way to apologize. I like an olive branch? Yeah, they're like, hey, uh... you know, like I can see some messages are like trying to like make amends with someone. Wow, that them. is like an unexpected <laughs> yeah. consequence of that, isn't yeah, it? It's, I, it's, really, it's a really interesting window into like, I guess yeah people are feeling right now seriously that is so crazy um i'm gonna we're gonna play a game okay okay we do happy or sad so just say a thing and then you say happy or sad and you can expand on it how it makes me feel or how i yeah like what's your what's your vibe it's like good or bad like Mm. happy sad um okay 
Miniso. Oh, uh, I guess I'm supposed to just instantly say one or the other. Hey, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. Happy, I guess. I don't know. That's like a okay. Happy not with a I'm question. sad. If it's not, if I'm yeah. happy, question mark. It's sad. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actually sad about it, but I just uh, <laughs> I'm supposed to give a quick answer for this. No, you don't have to. Like, you can, you can have when I go answer. to the mall, any sort of shopping with my sister, she's always like, or my wife now too. They're like, "How's your wings? How are your wings?" Because my imaginary wings start to like oh in these areas. <laughs> and any sort of shopping, whatever it is. I just lose my wings, and well, that's, that's cute. A, that's a shop. That's a so very any, Red Bull answer. <laughs> no, yeah, it has nothing to do with it. It's just my my spirit. I feel like it's just it dies it's just a little down automatically. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I just don't like the feeling of being in any shop. But uh, I do like Japanese stores, mm-hmm. and um, maybe Miniso kind of has a little bit of a up yeah. to that because of that. I don't know. Yeah, but a lot of it is like doesn't. It's not. Not that good. good stuff, yeah. yeah. So I'd say I stick with sad, sad exclamation mark, sad for sure. Okay, got it, nailed it. Um, <laughs> no, there's no right answer. It's just whatever. <laughs> um, Andy Warhol. Uh, happy, I guess. Like anyone successful in art makes me happy. So okay, that's good. Um, developer funded art projects. Oh, super happy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any like, yeah. If I I don't know what else to say about it. That's, like, my thing is always trying to figure out, like, have an idea, have a whole journal of ideas. Who's going to pay for it? Exactly. <laughs> if I find someone, it's, like, funded, I'm, like, super excited. Yeah, great. Um, meme culture. I would say sad, even though we just talked about chill wildlife being sort of in that realm. So much of it makes me want to, like, it makes me hate the internet. It's just, like, super annoying. But... Uh, yeah, I think it's it's sort of I don't know. This is a way too long of an answer. I just say sad. Yeah, it's just a bit like, well, I don't know. I'm just trying to think about what my answer would be for that. I mean, it's so absurd. Like memes are so absurd. It's kind of like just I don't know. Everyone like railing against like the craziness in the world by doing this like dada art like right yeah. like aren't means kind of insane i think only if i have to pick happy or sad i guess sad but i think uh like have you seen the they did surgery on a grape i can't believe no. i'm bringing this up but, no okay if you maybe i should almost just not even tell you about it no tell me now well you gotta say if it, you yeah. just search they did surgery on a grape you'll just be overwhelmed with the stupidest thing that the internet has done recently yeah. like, if you're yeah. on any of the like follow comedy meme mm. account or whatever mm-hmm. you'll see like they did surgery on a grape written in the comments probably 500 times and it's literally like i guess like there's a video of these uh, i don't know if it was machines or what like doing an operation on a grape <laughs> i don't know if it was to, i don't even i didn't to even watch the, the original machine, video maybe? but maybe to show like the precision of this like surgery or i don't know what it was but then people posted the video, just the headline being like, they did surgery on a grape. And then people just reshare it. And every time it gets reshared, they just rewrite oh, the title no. over top of it. So it's literally just like a million titles of it saying they did surgery on a grape. And then people will comment. I mean, is that it, not you know. art? That's fucking crazy. It is. And I think it's just like, it's it's like 
so absurd. And then it actually was funny for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I think people don't know when to stop. <laughs> well, it's just that it's not even that they don't want to stop. It's just you're seeing the waves of people learning about because you're just hearing the joke yeah. for the first time. Yeah. And I feel like I've seen it three trillion times. Yeah. But that's like the wave of the Internet. Mm. But when you see it and then it just carries on for that long, it goes it's like a song. Beating a dead horse. You hear like a pop song and you're like, I love this song. And then a million times later, you don't feel the same way about it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's like the nature of a meme. But maybe if it like, it should be like if a meme hits <laughs> two million people, it should automatically be scrubbed from it the internet. Bought, yeah. It just vanishes. It's nice. That's against the waves. It's like. You got to leave on a high note. <laughs> yeah. People don't, they don't know how to do that. Memes can't. I think, we, yeah. They it, have a life of their own. <laughs> I, maybe I change it. I kind of like them and hate them equally. Okay. So it's my one face Medium. where the, the mouth goes completely flat. Sure, Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think we're out of time, but thank you so much okay. for coming to talk with me. I'm glad we ended on such a helpful and it's informative like I, It's note. like I planned it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Thank you. Sadcast is produced by Naomi Ryan and Sad Magazine, and we record at the Vancouver Public Library. My song choice today is from the very recently released solo EP, A Furnace of Fire by Sherry Laurel, who you may recognize from the band Moo, who played our Secrets launch a couple years ago. Anyway, I was not surprised to hear the same haunting vocals as I'm used to from Moo, but um, this one's a bit darker and maybe moodier if possible. I'm choosing the most uplifting of the tracks. Here is Breaking the Spell by Sherry Laurel. Yeah. Yeah.